Hi, everyone, and welcome to Academic Dean, where we connect with passionate college leaders who share their stories and viewpoints of higher education, especially lessons learned along the way. Now, here's your host, Dr. Dave Gurchak. Hi, everyone. Today, I'd like to welcome Dr. Sandra Bowman to our show. Dr. Bowman is the Dean CEO of Helena College in Helena, Montana. Hi, Sandy. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. It's very nice to be here and visit with you today. So can you talk about Helena College and why students select your institution? Oh, thank you. That's one of my very favorite topics to talk about. I'm so glad you asked. Um, Yeah, you know, we currently have two marketing campaigns running that I think will really help me frame my answer to this question. So I'll start with the first of those. And that is from here to your career or here to four year. And that, that marketing campaign really speaks to the fact that we offer really rich offerings in both career technical education programs and strong transfer programs. So taking a look at our CTE offerings first, you know, we have trades programs, healthcare, emergency services, business and accounting, and computer technology. And I'll just spotlight a few things that are pretty exciting and and new here. First, our nursing program has been an award-winning program in the state for a long time. You know, especially right now, we all know how valuable this program is to providing quality health care in our communities. And we offer both an LPN program and an RN program. Additionally, we have pathways that help our RN graduates move seamlessly into their BSN program once they begin their careers. Uh, we have the only aviation maintenance program in the state of Montana. And this curriculum sets students up to test through the FAA. I'm sorry, FAA for their airframe and their power plant licenses. And so both of those are required in order to work in that industry. Our fire and emergency services program has been revamped in the last year to provide both technical courses, which lead to industry credentials, and also an associate's degree that sets graduates up to continue studies in order to advance in their careers as they move on. Now, one exciting part of this program is our partnership with local fire stations around the state. We're offering the classroom instruction through remote synchronous delivery so that we can serve students no matter where they are. And then we partner with fire stations in those communities in order to provide the necessary hands-on training with those industry experts. So we really see that as a true win-win. And we've built our automotive technology program around partnering with industry as well. Here we collaborate by matching students with local auto dealerships or repair shops uh, for employment while they're students. They attend classes for half the day and then they work in the shop for the other half. Again, this one's a true win-win because the employers have a steady supply of labor, which they desperately need. And the students are learning and building their skills throughout the program. The result then when they graduate is that they're earning a living wage because we've built raises each semester into the agreement. And when they're done, they've got the the education, but also a strong resume with a lot of work experience. And so it sets them up well to move on. That's the career half. When we look at the the four-year half, you know, our transfer programs are established to help students start with Helena College and then transfer with the core courses they need to move into their more specific upper division courses. 
In Montana, we're really fortunate to have a common course numbering system that allows students to seamlessly transfer around the system. So a Writing 101 class, for example, taken at Helena College has the same course numbering and learning outcomes as that taken at any other MUS institution. The small class sizes and the real personal attention they get from their faculty make that very appealing for lots of students. You know, a couple of highlights from our transfer programs that I'll share today. Uh, we have both a social work and an elementary education partnership with the University of Montana. As we know, sometimes students are place bound and it's very beneficial for them to be able to complete their bachelor's degree without leaving their hometown. For both of these programs, students complete the first two years as Helena College students, they earn their associate's degree, and then they continue on to the University of Montana to complete their programs without having to leave our campus. We have a strong partnership which allows them to stream into their courses in Missoula, and they're right at Helena College where they're already very comfortable. Another strong pathway in partnership with the University of Montana is our pre-pharmacy program. We've had 100% of our pre-pharm students accepted into the Skag School of Pharmacy at the university. And I think that really speaks to the quality of our program and our amazing faculty. Now, the other marketing campaign, I mentioned there were two that would help me frame my response, is right in your backyard. And I think that really speaks to the fact that we are Helena's college. We're here to serve the people of our community. And we do that in so many ways. You know, first there are the academic programs we just discussed. You know, one of the big advantages though that I didn't yet mention is the cost. We're very affordable for a quality education. Our tuition and fees are lower than that of the four-year institutions and keeping living expenses down by staying at home for a few more years can really compound that benefit. Uh, we also have a robust community education center. And through that uh, division, we offer non-credit short-term certification programs, which lead directly to employment. Uh, this includes CDL, phlebotomy, and certified medical assistant. And they also offer a wide range of community enrichment courses with everything from wine tasting to how to plan for your retirement to watercolor painting. Um, that really just scratches the surface. There's something for everybody there. Uh, they also serve employers. You know, the Community Education Center offers customized training to meet those workforce needs and a testing center to provide a local resource for those certification exams that are often required. I think the other selling point for Helena College is really our small class size, and that that that's really packed with student service. Um, this is not a place where students are just a number. You know, class sizes are very small. Instructors get to know their students. So this is the kind of place where your instructor will call to check on you if you miss class. And in addition to the instructors, you know, the professional advisors, the academic support through coaching and library services, all of those things come together to provide a real personal experience for our students. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to uh, ask about what's, what's new, but holy cow, you got so many things going on right now. Uh, but with that said, what's the 2021-2022 look for um, uh, new ideas or new, new programs, anything new for the facilities? Yeah, there's a lot going on, right? Um, I think, you know, as with all things, there's always a bright spot that we can take from experiences. And this last year is no exception to that. Because one of those bright spots is how much we've learned about how to deliver instruction in alternate ways. Uh, 
a really positive um, outcome of creating an atmosphere on campus where no one felt obligated to come here if they were sick is what we've learned about teaching classes in, with students in the room while others are streaming in and still others are watching a recording later. Well, this turns out to be very friendly for our adult students, you know, working adults, those who are parenting, really lots of our students. And so we're already looking at that shift in our business and accounting program. Pre-pandemic, we were making that shift, but now we're definitely expanding our programs with a greater focus on that high flex model. And to make sure we're ready to build on that momentum, our classrooms are going through some amazing transformations right now. Uh, by this fall, about a third of our total rooms will be set up with all new equipment, including smart boards, TVs, cameras, microphones, you know, just really to make sure that everyone has a good experience, no matter how they're participating in the class. <clears throat> and we'll continue that work uh, throughout the next couple of years to make sure that all of our spaces are fully renovated. Of course, to go along with that, we need to make sure that we also have student support services available. If if they're not coming to campus, everything needs to be available remotely. So tutoring, advising, library support, all of those things will be available either face-to-face -face or through virtual meetings. On the academic side, we've added a couple of certificate programs. We'll have a certificate of applied science in both fire and emergency services and our automotive program. These are two of the programs I called out when you asked my the first question today. And they, they both have that strong work-based learning element built in. And so one of the things that we've learned is that some of our students are ready to move full-time into the workforce after that first year of the program, at least for a while. In both of those programs, they learn skills in that first year that make them employable pretty quickly. And in the FIRE program in particular, they do earn those industry-recognized credentials. So the addition of the certificate programs as a stackable credential allows those students who, who choose to exit, at least temporarily, to have, have that degree earned, but it also gives them a natural way to continue or return later if they choose to do that. And because we're located in Helena, that's the capital city, our largest employer is, of course, the state of Montana. So Working with them, we've identified the need to update our computer technology network support program to include a greater focus on cybersecurity. And so that's going to look a lot different in the upcoming year as well. Um, our community education center, as I mentioned that earlier, they're our non-credit shop. Uh, they're bringing in some new short-term training that was requested specifically by employers. So they'll be offering pharmacy techni uh, technician and physical therapy assistant next year. Oh, yeah, it's, it should be nice. And in addition, they have partnered with the state of Montana to become a testing site for the driving portion of the CDL exam. That's filling a big void in our community as the current office, the state office in town is overwhelmed with requests and people are waiting several weeks or even months to get an appointment right now. So this will really open that up for our community. I, I heard that was a big need in this state. So that's kind of cool that you guys are stepping up for that. Yeah, we, um, we were approached a while ago to, to look at how we might be able to fill that void. And we were fortunate enough to receive a grant through the Governor's Emergency Education Funds early this year um, in order to make that a reality. So we're pretty excited. You know, the other thing that's going to look a lot different for us next year is our, our Donaldson campus. We're getting a major facelift in our student center, and we're so excited. Um, you know, as we know, the, 
world is moving more and more digital. So we currently have a campus store that's much larger than we need because we don't need to store all those textbooks anymore. And so we're going to be able to capitalize on that extra square footage to enlarge the student center and give our associated students of Helena College a lot more space to meet and hold activities. Um, and very exciting, although I know almost nothing about this world, our gaming community in town will also have a dedicated area to get together and play. And so we're looking at how uh, we can build that into a true esports program in the future. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I re, I've heard about that. I, I'm not that familiar with, with esports, but I understand a lot of colleges and universities across the country are, are providing that. So that's, that's really neat. You guys are moving forward in that direction. Yeah, we're really excited. We've had a strong gaming club on campus that's been meeting um, through the pandemic. It's, you know, it's been a challenge for people to get out. But one of the beautiful things about gaming is there's still a way to come together online and keep that sense of community going. So we're pretty excited about it. <laughs> you know, you, uh, I do have just one question. It's about your fire service or your fire and your emergency service programs is when you talk about um this uh, asynchronous education that people can get throughout the state, which I think is great because you have so many rural fire departments and everybody else throughout Montana who, who can't get to Helena all the time to get, you, you mentioned that there were some uh, credentials. What kind of credentials are you offering? Yeah. So students are able to earn their firefighter one, firefighter two and hazmat certifications. And so those are all credentials that are recognized in that sector. Um, volunteer departments will often provide that training to test for that credential uh, to their folks who are volunteering for them. And so this is a way for students to be able to continue to uh, earn those credentials while they're earning their degree. So we're kind of putting it all together using the experts in those fire departments throughout the state. That's great. Um, let's talk about you. <laughs> I know right. nobody <laughs> likes to talk about themselves. They're, they're, they're better suited. To, most deans are better suited to talk about programs on their campus. But can you talk uh, about yourself and the path that led you to your current position as dean at Helena College? Sure. No. I am always amazed at how the path of life can take us in so many unexpected twists. And it just all turns out fantastic, even though it's not the way we planned it. I grew up in Deer Lodge, Montana, small town about 50 miles from Helena. And I went off to college at Montana State University in Bozeman with fully intending to go to law school. That was my plan all through my undergraduate and through high school. Um, so, you know, I majored in modern languages. I set myself up for the LSAT. I was all set. But I also got married when I was in college and was, you know, expecting my first child when I graduated. Well, I had that beautiful little girl and I decided I didn't want to go to law school. And so then I had to figure out now what? <laughs> uh, I found a job in Helena with the regional telephone company. And I worked as a customer service rep for Spanish speaking customers. And that job experience gave me the necessary telephone skills to get a job with the student loan program. So I started there as a default prevention counselor, helping those borrowers who are a little behind on their loans, um, getting them to understand the benefits that they had. So it would help them avoid default on those loans. And really, Dave, that was it. That's what was the launching point for my mm -hmm. career in higher education. But from there, you know, I moved into supervisory and then management positions within the student loan program. 
And while I was there, I also earned my master's degree in public relations in order to better understand people and ultimately providing better service. My husband's career took us from Helena to Great Falls, Montana. So I took my first job on a college campus at the University of Great Falls. I served as the director of business office services. My you know, collection background helped me with that. And then, uh, then I moved into the director of financial aid role. You know, um, include up to and including that point, my career always focused on the financial side of education. So I took a big leap of faith um, and went out to expand my knowledge and experience by taking a job at Great Falls College MSU to serve as an academic advisor. And so this was another life-changing, excellent move for me. It introduced me to two-year education, which is definitely my passion. It also gave me the opportunity to start teaching uh, college classes. And while I was there, I completed my doctorate in adult and higher education. Ultimately, at Great Falls College, I moved into the position of the director of academic success, and I managed the first-year experience courses. Um, I did the uh, tutoring service, faculty development, and the testing center. So uh, ultimately, all the stars aligned for me to be able to come back to Helen when the associate dean of academic and student affairs position was created. Uh, my boss in Great Falls actually convinced me to take a look as I had experience in both academic and student affairs. And so the timing was perfect for me personally. I had completed my doctorate in December of 17. My youngest daughter was graduating from high school in May, and my husband had accepted a position in Polson, Montana a few years before that. So a move to Helena just shortened his commute by an hour. So it was perfect. Um, what I really loved about the model with the combined academic and student affairs position was how it helped us bring the whole campus together as a team. Now, we all know that siloing can really be a big issue in higher education, it just happens naturally. But the org structure we built here really allowed us to have the strong directors team who really understood all of the other areas and how the work of different departments is interconnected. So that, that I thought was great. Uh, I served in that role for about two years, and then in May, I was asked to step in as the acting dean of Helena College. Um, in November, the Board of Regents voted to make that a permanent appointment, and here we are. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned you got your doctorate in 2017. Mm -hmm. What you don't mention is you were at home still raising a child, working <laughs> full time and all that, so I'm, I'm always interested uh, from your perspective, is is that going to school a little bit later in life helps you as a as a dean understanding the type of students that's walking into your facility today? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think being a student while I was uh, working at the college gave me just a different level of empathy uh, for our students. You know, on top of that, I think being an administrator and being a teacher at the same time because I was adjunct instructor at even even up to last semester, I was an adjunct instructor. And I think that gives me um, just a different level of insight into what our faculty and our students go through as well. So I definitely recommend that, you know, lifelong learning uh, is good for us in general, but it helps us see our students and, and yeah, teaching and, you know, walking in other people's shoes can make you a much better administrator. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, 
Well, let's, let's talk about your promotion then. So you were the associate dean and it seemed like you were doing quite well there. I, re, I remember when it wasn't that, to me, it wasn't that long ago. Of course it has been uh, that you were the associate dean and, and it was always fun uh, catching up when we were on your campus and, and, and working with your administration, uh, your administrative team. But I know that a, an associate dean is different than a dean because I've held both of those positions too. So can you talk a little bit about some of the lessons that you learned along the way transitioning from an associate dean position to a dean position? Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I did step in. Uh, it was one of the consequences of the pandemic. Uh, Helena College had a new dean who started in August of 2019. You know, she came to us from out of state. And when the pandemic hit, it became apparent that she just really needed to return home to her family. And so uh, I was asked at very short notice to step up. But I and I would say the biggest lesson I learned from that experience is the value of building relationships both on and off campus. The reason I felt comfortable to be able to step into this position, even though I hadn't been preparing for this type of a role, was because I knew I had a support system of people I could reach out to to help me navigate the expectations. Um, I think it's a real benefit of working in the Montana University system for close to 20 years now and of the tight-knit group that we have here at Helena College. Now, the community of Helena was also really great because so many people and organizations reached out to welcome me and offer to help. Um, so I, I don't know, the biggest takeaway for me is that it really is all about surrounding yourself with the right people. And, and I, you know, I think it was really good for Helena College as well um, because of what it brought was stability back to the campus in a really challenging year. Because I'd been with the school for two years and had been part of that long range planning that we've been doing as a leadership team. And so rather than bringing in a third dean in three years, it was nice that I could continue with those plans and help the campus, you know, see those plans to fruition. And we're starting to see the benefits of that for sure. That's good. Well, let's change topics. Okay. Um, Today, a lot of colleges are focusing their attention on the mental health of their students. What do you think campuses can do to kind of tackle this problem? Yeah, this, this is such a big issue, has been, um, and current world conditions have just exacerbated that need. And that's really the, the motivation behind a new program we're bringing to our campus. We're bringing on our first ever director of student life at Helena College. And over the past couple of years, we've been building a wellness program in partnership with our TRIO SSS program, really using that as an incubator to see which services are most helpful for students, ironing out process and building community partnerships. Um, so to me, it's really helped us see the model that we need to adopt. Um, and I keep talking about it on our campus like a three-legged stool, but I, I see a real value in this for two-year colleges, you know, the first thing I think we need to do is focus on the student life experience as a whole, help students feel connected and engaged to the college outside of the classroom, you know, help them feel like they have a community to which they belong. Uh, we all need that. And next, I think, is providing wellness programming for both students and employees. You know, we are building a student wellness program using the NASPA seven vectors of wellness approach, um, but we're also going to use our new position to be a resource for campus training in areas like stress management, um, QPR, and that sort of thing. 
And I think, you know, the, the third leg of that stool has to be providing support for students who are struggling. So we all need strong BIT teams to focus on the issues that are identified that rise to the top of students of concern. We need a case management approach to help those students receive the right support for their particular needs. So our director will be here to ensure that we have agreements in place with the to refer people to the appropriate community services when those services aren't available on campus. Um, so, I, you know, I think for us, that's really the right approach to take. And I think um, when we put ourselves in our students' shoes and we recognize that the, the classroom elements are just one piece of the student experience, no matter if they're 18 and right out of high school or they, you know, uh, coming back after so many years in the workforce, we all have that that need to make sure that we're getting the right support. You know, uh, when I when I look back on this year, and, and I know a lot of colleges and universities are really stressing uh, mental health uh, issues, uh, and they want to tackle those issues for their students. But you know, putting on a faculty hat too is uh, th- that's been a hard it's been a hard year to say the least for both faculty and staff. So. Uh, what can be done to maintain a positive work environment and support all the employees of higher ed? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, you know, I think that the, the thing that I've just been really striving to do is make sure that people understand that we're all here for each other. Um, it, it is a different different world right now. Our faculty have been forced to examine the way that they teach in a different way um, and do it really quickly. Um, so there's always some questioning that goes into that. Am I, how am I doing here? Am I doing this, this the right way? Am I still meeting the needs of my students? And um, what we found is just making sure that we're really intentional with our outreach, our offerings for professional development, our offerings for the employee assistance program, and those kind of things to really help support our faculty as they transition into this new approach. And what I found through that dialogue is, you know, people... People have recognized the challenge, but they also look for those silver linings. And so as more, the more we can continue to emphasize the positive things that we'll take from this experience and just help help us move forward as a community to do an even better job serving students and the employers of this region. Um, I think that's really motivating for a lot of people. So the dialogue I think is super important. I also think, uh, finding ways to intentionally continue to build community. Um, We really do feel like we're a family here. And so as we can uh, find ways to celebrate each other's successes and and make sure that communication is constant about what's going on um, with our campus community, it helps us again, feel connected as as a group, which is pretty motivating. That's good. Um, Collaboration among two-year colleges are becoming more prominent throughout the country. Mm-hmm. You know, when I talk to other deans across the across uh, the United States, I'm always impressed with everybody seems to be working quite well with with everybody else. But there's different structures of what they what they do. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to hypothetically (laughs) wave a magic wand and set up a state structure among two-year colleges that could assist with shared classes or programs or services uh, that would help students move from uh, campus to campus to to get the best education they can. Oh, well, I wish I had a magic wand. Um, (laughs) That's such a good question, but it really is a hard one. I think if anybody had figured that out, they'd 
be a billionaire right now, right? <laughs> yes. But, you know, a big advantage of two-year education is the low cost for our students. But on the flip side of that, career technical education programs are pretty expensive to provide due to the equipment, right? The constant needs to make updates to, to stay current. Um, hiring qualified instructors can be pretty pricey um, when they're coming from industry. So it, it really is important to be working within the system to figure out how we can create efficiencies to serve students. Um, one of the things that we've been doing is working on course sharing model this year, which is really great because this has allowed us to offer things to our students that we just simply can't afford um, to offer. And so now, this year, everyone has learned how to do a better job with remote delivery of courses, and that seems like a real opportunity to continue to grow partnerships with other institutions. I don't know if that specifically speaks to your organizational structure question, but no, that's um, okay. I do think it's a really good opportunity for us to continue to grow partnerships because it doesn't make sense for all of us to be um, running some really under-enrolled courses if there's a way to share and cut costs and then maximize the resources we do have um, to do things that are unique and serve students all over the state. So I, I hope to see that continue and grow uh, as we move forward. Yeah, I do too. I, I uh, When I talk to the other college presidents or deans coming from two-year schools, it, it's always interesting is, is uh, you know, for so many years, schools kind of siloed up and they were only worrying about themselves. And now, you know, one of the things I think the pandemic really caused was people to kind of work together a little bit and <laughs> online has really kind of taken off. And so I like the idea of the shared uh, classes among campuses that will help a better educational environment for our students. Um, let me see. I have another question here that's uh, a little bit different for you. Okay. <laughs> And, and it has to do about industry partnerships, because I know oh. that that Helena has a wonderful partnership, uh, at least in their automotive program that yeah. you were talking about. So can you share with the listeners of the type of the different industry partnerships you have at Helena College and how they currently work? Sure, you bet. Yeah, we do. We have a wide range of partners and we honestly couldn't do business without all of our partnerships. So, um, you know, in our trades programs, I did already mention the auto dealerships and the, the fire departments around the state. But in addition to that, our machining program partners with uh, Boeing and Pioneer Aerospace here in our local area to provide jobs for students, both while they're students and, and as graduates. Um, so in fact, the program, the academic program was revamped to allow a four day a week schedule, which will give students three days a week to work nearly full time for those industries. So that's been a great partnership. They provide uh, scholarship dollars, they provide equipment donations. And so that's been just invaluable to that program. Our nursing program, of course, partners with the local hospital with the VA, uh, the VA hospital is in Helena, and uh, of course, other local healthcare providers, but we wouldn't be able to provide clinical opportunities to help those students complete their programs without those important partnerships. Business and accounting, we work with several, uh, both government and private uh, employers here in the area to provide internship experiences that they need in order to finish things like income tax. Um, there's nothing like 
getting out there and doing some tax clinics to help somebody understand accounting, right? Uh, computer technology, I mentioned we work very closely with state government because that is our largest employer. And so they're helping us revamp the curriculum and also looking at bringing in more interns um, to give them more of that real world experience as they move it forward in their careers. Of course, all of these programs rely very heavily on our industry partners to serve as the advisory board for the program. And that's really important to ensure the curriculum is relevant, is still meeting the needs of the employers. But I think uh, another, oh, sorry, Dave. Well, well, no, I was just, you know, when you were talking about that, uh, one of the things I, I'm, I'm wondering if you could also touch on is, as you go through the partnerships, is, is there anything that you're considering also? To, for future partnerships, are you seeing industry do anything that you're thinking maybe maybe the college should get involved with that because that seems to be something that we should look a little bit more heavily involved with? Yeah, uh, well, one of the things I think it's that's new and upcoming is um, our partnership with local high schools. And that's not exactly industry, but I'll speak to a little bit about why that one jumps to the top of my mind. Because, uh, you know, we've for a long time, we've worked with high schools to provide dual credit opportunities for students. As we all know, that's a great way for them to explore college coursework, really see them as successful students once they get to college and save quite a bit of money by taking those credits while they're still in school. You know, the flip side of that is we really want to make sure that we're serving those students in the best way, just taking college coursework in high school for the sake of taking it isn't necessarily serving them well. So we brought on a director of K-12 partnerships a few years ago to make sure we really are doing a good job serving those students and thinking outside the box in how we're delivering that instruction. So next year, we'll see our first college class that's streaming directly into a high school. So the kids in the classroom will be streaming into the college class. So it'll be synchronous. It'll be happening all together. And those classrooms I mentioned earlier where, you know, there's TVs and microphones and smart boards that will be happening both at, on the high school classroom and our classroom. And so it really will be all of those students interacting simultaneously. Pretty excited to partner with the East Helena High School on that. Um, in addition, they're really interested in bringing their students to us to complete some programs. Um, just a much better use of resources rather than building two nearly identical shops across town from each other. You know, why not partner and bring those students to us? So I think that's kind of a new, a new um, expansion of a strong partnership with a high school. And I think that I'm pretty excited to see where that can take us with other schools particularly right. yeah we think about rural montana and how right. hard it might be for some of those high schools to get teachers who have the right credentials to teach dual enrollment if we can build this model and allow those kids to have that same opportunity no matter where they live to stream in and get some college coursework if they're ready for it where they're in high school uh it's it'll be great it's just really truly a win-win you know being a two-year college dean's a, a tough gig <laughs> <laughs> So I just thought I'd preface that. I, I know everybody knows that, but uh, so how do you continue to learn in order to stay on top of things as a two-year dean? Yeah, well, I'll answer that in a couple of ways. Um, you know, I, as a newbie dean, I, I am always learning. I'm soaking up everything I can like a sponge. I'm really grateful that our state system is really intentional about bringing all of the two-year campus leaders together on a weekly basis because I'm just learning so much from all of my colleagues. Um, 
you know, of course, professional organizations and conferences are always good. I'm reading everything I can get my hands on. And of course, podcasts like this one are great, you know, whatever I can find, but definitely in a place where nothing is old hat yet. So I'm, I'm soaking up all of that industry type expertise, you know, higher ed industry stuff um, as much as I can. You know, the other half of that, though, I think is continuing to learn about my community and making sure that I'm doing the best I can for for Helena, this region and, and for the state. And so I've really tried to immerse myself in as many community organizations and activities as I possibly can. Um, and that's really paying dividends. I'm, I'm learning all kinds of um, needs in the community from farm, the pharmacy tech um, that, that came from a conversation that I had with a CEO of a healthcare organization in town. And that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't willing to put myself out there and, and just get to learn the needs of the community. So um, I'm, I'm happy to be doing it. I didn't think this was where my career would take me, but I'm, I'm excited to just keep right on learning. Well, I think you're doing a great job. I also, I also have uh, one last question for you. That's that uh, is kind of like that hypothetical question I asked about you developing a structure <laughs> and this one, and this one has to do about money. So let's say you have some extra budget money. All of a sudden it just shows up at your door. It could be a grant. It makes no difference. There's nothing, there's nothing tied to it. How would you spend it for Helena college? Oh, I have a wish list with three, with three kind of specific needs. Um, right. Yeah. So we currently don't have a great community space to bring in our, our community for events and things. And we would love to be able to take some of our space and uh, revamp it so that we are, you know, as a two-year school, part of our mission is really that community engagement piece and serving the community beyond just offering the credit-based education. Um, so that's, that's one of the things I would love to do. Uh, I would also, there's a couple of new programs that I'd love to bring in to the school. Um, so I would focus on a couple of those programs and finding the equipment, the space, and the expertise we what, need to bring what them would, in. What would those be? Okay. So we've, our, I mentioned our uh, aviation maintenance program earlier. Mm -hmm. Our advisory board has been telling us for years, a, a real value add to that would be to bring in what's called avionics, which is aviation electronics. It's a uh, really a specialty and it's like probably an additional certificate on top of the Associate of Applied Science degree to get the people the knowledge they need to have that um, background. Um, so we've been investigating curriculum options and really looking at what that could look like for us. So it would be great to just, you know, find the end of the rainbow and a pot of gold to make that happen yeah. right away. <laughs> um, the other thing that we have, we have consistently heard is that um, there is no state cosmetology program. Uh, university system, public education, cosmetology program. And so we've had some folks um, start to do some exploration on that. Of course, over this year of the pandemic, we haven't looked at it at all, but that's something that we, we uh, potentially will investigate and see where that takes us. No guarantees that will, that will pan out, but um, it's something that I've had several people call and ask me if we could bring to the, bring to the school. So well, well, it looks like you have a list that you, you have thought of. So if anybody wants to give Helena College any money, it yeah. sure sounds like they have some ideas of how to spend it. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'll come up with more if you have more money. I, I've got a team of great idea people here. <laughs> well, Sandy, thanks so much for being on the show. 
I really enjoyed our conversation. So did I. Thanks so much for inviting me, Dave. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening to today's episode and make sure to visit our website at academicdean.com for additional information. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.